Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name's James Brooks. Thanks for joining me on my drive to work this morning. Well, it was a good weekend. Lakers got the W over the Blazers on Saturday, 116 to 108. It was a it was a good game. It was pretty pretty stressful at the beginning, but the Lakers closed it out, got the win. So let's get into it. So I think overall this was probably one of the better wins that the Lakers had have had it well in the series of the, the two wins that they've had this one was not better in the sense that like obviously in their first win they won by 20 they dominated great performance if they could play like that every game they are serious championship contenders but what I loved about this game that took place on Saturday was that the Lakers came out slow they did not play particularly well um, in the first quarter. They were kind of getting things together in the second quarter, but it wasn't really until the second half where they just started to take over. Um, I'm not—I can't remember exactly what point in the game it was, but there was a point where it was either late. I think it was in the third quarter when the Lakers finally took the lead. It was their first lead since lead, since being up three to two at the beginning of the game. So. They were definitely playing from behind. Um, they came out, came from behind, and got the W. And a lot of that had to do with a great performance from LeBron James, who had 38 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, a dominating performance. He played really well from start to finish. Really, the, the big struggle, the struggles that came were from Anthony Davis was just wasn't really able to get into a rhythm. Um, they were the Blazers were doing doing a good job of every time every time Anthony Davis got the ball down low, they pretty much were throwing guys at him to try and double team him. Um, really, were just making him uncomfortable. He couldn't couldn't really get a shot off. Um, was was struggling to create space for himself. Um, and the Lakers weren't really doing a good job offensively to create space. Um, so that was one main reason that the Lakers struggled. Another reason the Lakers struggled was because they were awful from the free throw line. They shot 40 some, uh, 41, 42 free throws in the game and made like 26 or 28 of them. They basically shot like 65% from the free throw line, which is just terrible. If they made it for how much the thing is is like the Lakers are such a physical team. Even the Blazers who have decent size, Hassan Whiteside, he was before last night's game was averaging 4 blocks per game. Um, they have good good size, good defenders, but the Lakers are just so physical between Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Dwight Howard, Javel McGee. Um, that teams can't really hang with them. They're forced to forced to foul a lot of times. So, like, the 40, 40 free throws isn't a ridiculous amount, um, especially for a team like the Lakers. But making only 
60-65% of those free throws is just terrible. So, I mean, like, Lakers, even if they made 80% of their free throws, that game isn't nearly as close. And the game didn't really feel close um, later on, later in the third and fourth quarter. It seemed like the Lakers really did have a handle on it. Um, obviously, with guys, when with, Bla- with the Blazers having C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard and the way that they can hit threes... The game, they you know, they can a large deficit can get cut short very easily, but for the most part, the Lakers felt like they it felt like they had control for definitely like midway through the third quarter to the end of the game. Um, but you make twenty percent more free throws, and it's just not not even a close game. So that was that was really to me the biggest the blaring um, key to the Lakers offensive struggles early in the game. They had a ton of free throw attempts and you know could have just couldn't hit anything. LeBron James was missing two two free throws in a row. Anthony Davis was missing free throw. It just it was just not a, a good performance free throw wise. Which is which is scary because typically that would mean that you know you're just not focused, your head's not in the game, you're you're just not with it. Um, and they they shot a little bit better from the free throw line down the stretch. It was really at the beginning of the game where they were just really clanking the free throws, but that was the the biggest the biggest downside to the game was the free throw attempts. Or the, well, the free throw attempts was a good thing. The the misses on the free throws. So, got to clean that up. If the Lakers can clean that up, even with because because they were playing pretty sloppy offensively as well. They had a lot of turnovers, a lot of missed free throws. It just was not. They didn't look like they had their head in the game um, early on. But thankfully, they were able to clean clean things up. LeBron and Anthony Davis really showed how they can take over a game, which is great. Um, but yeah, the turnover, it just was some sloppy basketball going on. Lots of like forced passes or missed pass, like a lot of miscues where players, someone thought that a guy was going to cut and he'd like stopped cutting and they pass it, the ball goes out of bounds. A lot of missed opportunities in that sense. Um, but even with, like I would say, I would give like the Lakers' first quarter. Even, like, part of the second quarter, I'd give the Lakers a, a D-plus, maybe a C-minus on their performance. But they were still in the game the whole time. There was never really a point where it felt like they, they were out of it. I think the the Blazers' biggest lead, I don't even know if it got into double, got into double digits. Um, I think their biggest lead was like eight or nine points. So they were, the Lakers were never really out of the game, even for how bad they were playing. And a lot of that, again, has to do with, with good defense. You know, they came out and were kind of struggling to to do what they did to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in, in game two. They were kind of struggling to... to 
to stop them and to not allow them to get into like a one-on-one matchup. So they were getting buckets. Damian, Lill- Damian Lillard was playing well. He he only had 18 points in game two. Like before halftime, he had already had like 19 points or something like that. So he, the Lakers were definitely struggling early on to contain Damian Lillard, but they definitely came out, made some adjustments and their defense was great in the second half. Um, and another, I mean, a big thing, a big story here is both, well, the, the Blazers, before coming into the playoffs, Carmelo Anthony was a huge, Carmelo Anthony and Gary Trent Jr. were huge helps to the team offensively. They were hitting shots, playing really well. But in this series so far, Carmelo Anthony really hasn't shown up offensively. Gary Trent Jr. hasn't really shown up off like those like they're aside from Damian Lillard and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, they really haven't shown up. Guys haven't really shown up offensively for the Blazers. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the Lakers' size and the Lakers just playing good defense. But there are also moments where they've they the Blazers have had open shots that they're just just missing. So um, that's definitely been been a help, but. Let's talk a little bit more about LeBron James, who's he just he absolutely killed it last night. It was awesome to see him play so well. Uh, a lot of a lot of people have been doubting LeBron, not showing up or not playing like his usual self. You know, game two, he only had ten points. I mean, the Lakers smoked the Blazers in game two, so whatever they were doing, they were doing right. LeBron didn't need to come out and overperform or put up a lot of points but people were saying that LeBron was struggling because he only had 10 points which I don't necessarily agree with but even if he did agree with it he proved the haters wrong he came out really played well the entire game ended up with 38 points 11 rebounds eight assists um just a dominating dominating performance and he missed so many free throws that he could have been well well into the 40s in the points category. So had he capitalized on all those opportunities, um, first of all, the game wouldn't have been even as close as it was. And he would have had, you know, 45, 50, 50 points if he made all of his free throws. So great, great overall performance from LeBron James. Great to see it too. It's great to see him come out and, Honestly, like, I'm happy. If the Lakers could beat the Blazers and LeBron didn't have to come out and score a ton of points for the Lakers to do so, that would probably probably would be best for the Lakers because, because we want to keep LeBron fresh and healthy. And I think, like, in the... With the restart and him having months off to, like, refresh himself and get back to just to rest a little bit get get almost have a whole off season before the playoffs he should be pretty well rested so a lot of it is a mix of getting into back into game shape but then also now that we're playing you know it's I couldn't imagine obviously they're paid to do it they're athletes but like playing a full-on basketball game every other day is definitely taxing on the body so no matter how much rest you've had whether you're going in from a full season or not, like that's still 
a, a grueling schedule to keep up with. So the more that the Lakers can can win games without LeBron having to show up and put on some heroics to win the game, the better off they are in the long run. Um, but but it's also good to see LeBron come out and and just dominate a game too because he and just make sure he like that he's staying in rhythm and that he's able to hit shots and I mean so many of his, so many of his, so many of his points come from inside the paint because he just dribbles in does like a spin move um, and just lays the ball up and most of the time gets fouled whether they call it or not um, both it's nice because like those shots are very high percentage shots and it's high percentage attempts but the hard thing is having to drive to the basket like that is definitely it's definitely a more taxing way to get a bucket where you're really putting a lot of strain on your body a lot of you know your guys are hitting you and fouling you and and whatnot as opposed to like a guy that's a three-point shooter a point guard that's a jump shooter or whatever it's definitely less taxing on the body so like that's the only downside if we're talking in terms of like LeBron not having to score a ton of points or do put forth too much energy for the Lakers to win but it was great because in this game the Lakers as a team started off so slow that and Anthony Davis couldn't really get in he just was couldn't get into a rhythm early on um just because the Blazers were focusing on him because in in game two when the Lakers um dominated the Blazers Anthony Davis was was the guy you know he scored a ton of points he killed them so the Blazers came out they pretty much tried to double team Anthony Davis anytime they could especially near the basket so he just couldn't get get into a rhythm. So it opened up things for LeBron. So that was the perfect, the perfect um, strategy. Is like LeBron, when Anthony Davis can't get into a rhythm, LeBron has to take over, and then it just opens things up for the entire team because, because then you can't focus. You can't key on two guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis um, in a way to like really stop them. It, you can only really. F- focus on one guy easily teams can do it if you have good defenders um good one good one-on-one defenders to be exact because it's hard when you're doubling because you have to double team not only are you double teaming you double team which means you're leaving a guy open so if anthony davis gets the ball out and they're able to like swing it really quick then, then the defense has to rotate so quickly that it can definitely be easy to beat a double team offensively just by passing the ball if if you can get it out of the double team. Um, but if a team has – if they have good one-on-one defenders and there's less need to double team, then um, that's, like, the best way, obviously, to stop a team that has two guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But with that being said – with the Blazers keying on Anthony Davis, it opened up things for LeBron James to get to the basket um, and to just, like, really get things going. Because LeBron's great at driving, and he could he could take it himself every time, 
But when he when LeBron gets to the basket, you look and there's there's three guys around him, which means that there's he's going to have teammates open, you know, behind the three or in other areas on the court. So so whether it's guys behind the three or guys cutting as well to the basket. So LeBron does a great job at at getting to the getting to the hoop and then either taking it up himself for for usually a very easy bucket or kicking it out. And it's just a matter of the Lakers hitting um, hitting their shots, which they did a pretty good job of last night. Or I'm sorry, on Saturday, um, the the Lakers' third guy again last night was KCP, which is great to see because again, game one, KCP goes 0 for nine. Lakers lose by seven. An awful game. Game two. KCP comes out, has 16 points, shoots great, um, is a good good third option. And then last night, same thing happened where um, where KCP, I think he had, I don't have it in front of me, but I think he had like 13, 13, 13 to 16 points again, you know? So like he he was the third third highest point scorer for the Lakers. He shot, I think he shot like 38% from behind the three, which is pretty pretty good, better than 15%. <laughs> um, and when we have, when the Lakers know they have guys that are at least making their threes, it's um, just, it just takes a weight off of, uh, off of LeBron and Anthony Davis because they don't, they don't feel like they have to do every single thing by themselves. They know they can kick it if they get into a double team or if they get stopped down near the basket. Um, and then, speaking of, of shooting well, Danny Green finally kind of came out. He only took four threes, which, from a three-point specialist, I would definitely like to see more attempts in the game. But I think we've also kind of been seeing... I've been We've been seeing LeBron not be so freely open to pass Danny Green the ball um I don't I think there's been a couple times where where he's kind of looked him off almost when even when he was like wide open so I don't know if there's something going on there where there's some lost trust but for the Lakers to be a, a championship winning team we need Danny Green to be to be hitting a high percentage of his three pointers so he only took four threes, but he made two of them, so he shot 50%, which good efficiency, good um, good percentage. But I definitely would like to see Danny Green because I'm noticing him a lot more, which is actually, like, it's not bad necessarily. But instead of him just getting the ball, when he gets the ball, instead of him just, if he has an open shot, he, and like he, instead of him just taking it, he gets the ball, pump fakes the defender, drives past him, and then tries to take like a floater. That's like his his go-to move if he's not taking a three. And it works in the sense that like the def- defenders always fly by him, but I don't know that I that his that floater is like a high percentage shot necessarily. Um, obviously, his three pointer up until last 
last game was not a high percentage shot, so maybe it's better. It was better. And, and the thing is, like, the if you have a defender that's flying at you and he's not closing out well, then definitely the pump fake's great, but maybe you just pump fake and then take the three or 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 just try and get the shot off quicker. You know, he has a pretty good quick release, so I don't know. I think he's working through some things, but if he can use this series to get into his rhythm, to kind of work things out, get into his rhythm, then I'll take that because the Lakers can afford, as we've as we've seen the last two games, the Lakers can afford Danny Green not hitting a ton of threes against the Blazers. Um, it's really against the teams like the Clippers and then the Bucks later on if they make the finals or again the Raptors. You know, it's really against the better teams where it really is going to could affect the game. I mean, look at, for instance, the Lakers win against the Clippers before the NBA shut down. The Lakers won by like 11, and both LeBron and Anthony Davis played very well. But the, the game changer really was Avery Bradley's all those threes he hit. You know, if... If, if Danny Green can do that for the Lakers, it'll be a huge difference maker because it takes so much for teams just to key in on Anthony Davis and LeBron James that if they can kick it to a guy that's consistently hitting threes, then they're almost unstoppable offensively. So, And, and if, if, if the Lakers can get multiple guys doing that, it's lights out. I mean... If you have on the start, like if you have on the starting lineup, you have KCP, Danny Green, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, and KCP and Danny Green are shooting lights out from beyond the arc. Like it's almost unstoppable because JaVale McGee is a great defense. Uh, he's a great rebounder. He's a great like he gets really weird buckets almost sometimes too. Um, but, like, he's good for 8 to 10 points, which is great. And then if KCP and, and Danny Green can can start shooting lights out from beyond the arc, like, it would be – it's scary. It'll be – the Lakers would be scary. That's been their biggest weakness, and and it, they've – we've seen some, some improvement, which is great. Um, but, but it was great to see KCP play well again last, last game, and – and we just need and, and Danny Green didn't play bad, but I think it's really just more three pointer three point attempts and three point makes is what we're looking for. So shot fifty percent, shot two for four from three. Would like to see a little more, but it was good to see him at least make make a couple. <laughs> Which it's sad to say, but it's it's good to see him make a couple. So let's just try and improve from there and and see and just see what the Lakers can do with that because it really is going to get is going to get scary. And then the last piece that the Lakers did well was just again their rebounding. It's been stellar. When you have when you have JaVale McGee, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, even LeBron James, and even Kyle Kuzma who's 6-9, like when you have those guys on the court a lot of the time, um, the Lakers are going to have an advantage in the rebounding. But last last game they they out-rebounded the Blazers, like, I think it was 
50, 56 to 38 or something along those lines. So out-rebounded them by a ton. Again, the offensive rebounding has been great. The Lakers are good. You know, they're, they're great at either securing a rebound or even just, like, on a miss offensively, like, poking the ball out and trying to get the get it to a guard or someone outside. Danger in that, obviously, is you poke it out and then it just kick-starts a Blazers um, fast break. But that hasn't really hurt the Lakers too much so far. So rebounding has been great. LeBron was great. Anthony Davis, he came back. He came out in the second half. He played great. He, um, there was a point where he literally, <laughs> he hit like three shots in a row from, like, it, it was inside the three point line, but behind the free throw line. So probably like, I don't know, 20 or so feet out. Um, and he just, Nurkic was definitely looking looking pretty tired and the leg and Anthony Davis took advantage of it. He hit a bunch of a bunch of shots on him, which was great. Um, LeBron James wore down Carmelo Anthony. You know, he was according according to uh, the announcers was playing a good game and he played pretty good defense defense in the first quarter and part of the first second quarter, but he got like four fouls quickly because like he was guarding guarding LeBron so like it makes sense that he was going to foul him a bunch so he got four fouls early um and the the Lakers really put the Blazers kind of backed into a corner once they were able to claw their way back from their poor performance in the first quarter and second quarter um but definitely really good to see the Lakers come back because it's always scary because you don't know how um, things you don't know how a team is going to respond to starting off poorly. It's really easy in basketball to like get into just a bad rhythm where your shots just not falling and just you, you're trying to make adjustments but it just messes you up even more. Um, and you just really can't get into a rhythm. Um, but the Lakers really did a good job at taking a very sloppy, poor performance early on, turning it, and really just um, really just taking over the game with with a, with with good good defense and good offense behind LeBron James, and then eventually eventually Anthony Davis. Lakers Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, let's jump into talking about what to expect from tonight's game for the Lakers. I think really what we should be hoping for is just, again, more of the same for the most part, aside from their bad performance in the first quarter and second quarter. 
loved last game, but really more of the same in terms of defense. The Lakers have done a really good job at even because Damian Lillard is going to get his points. Like it's really hard. The fact that the Lakers contained Damian Lillard to 18 points in game two was really, really impressive. It's going to be hard to do that night in and night out. He's going to get points. He's a great shooter. Um, really impressive stuff from him. So I'm not going to expect the Lakers to silence him completely, but it's about silencing the rest of the team as well, or the rest of the Blazers. Um, so their defense has really been been the key to their success, and I think it will be the key to their success in the long run as well if they keep advancing. So um, more of the same in terms of defense, really trying to limit easy shots from both, I mean, the entire team, but especially Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Carmelo, Gary Trent Jr., just keeping the Blazers from being able to get on runs where they can, where they're um, hitting a bunch of threes back-to-back and just making, because the Blazers could easily go down three three possessions in a row, hit threes, and then be up by be up by nine or cancel a, a ten-point lead. You know, they're, they can definitely shift the game very easily. So the Lakers have done, have done a great job of, of keeping them from being able to get into rhythms and playing good defense. So keep that up. And then really what I liked what they did in game two was they were just running the entire game. They were – every time they got the ball, whether, whether it was a miss from the Blazers or even if they made the shot, the Lakers were always – pushing the ball up the court, really trying to keep the Blazers from being able to set up on defense. And the Lakers were trying to play, they were trying to play much less of a half court game and more of a get the ball down the court, get the Blazers, um, just not allow the Blazers to set up on D and see if we can get some people out of position and, and get some buckets. They did, they did, they did that a lot in game two. I would like to see them do that again um, throughout the rest of the series. I think that it's one, it helps offensively because it keeps, like I said, the Blazers from being able to really set up on defense, but it also helps by just exhausting them more. The Lakers, I mean, as we've seen it in the last couple games where the Blazers are just spent at the end of the game, aside from like, aside from Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and maybe Gary Trent Jr., um, like Carmelo, Nurkic, those guys are just spent at the end of the game. Um, so the more they run, the more the, the, the more tired the Blazers are going to get. And so just like making them work more defensively is going to make them struggle more offensively. So kind of keep up in that sense. And then um, really running the ball through Anthony Davis – trying to get him into his rhythm early on in the game so that he can just continue that throughout the rest of the game is kind of what I would like to see from the Lakers offensively. Um, I'm happy if LeBron James comes out and scores 40 points again puts up and puts up a, a big performance, but I'd much rather see the Lakers run it through Anthony Davis for two reasons. One, because we've seen when the Lakers struggle, a lot of times it's because Anthony Davis is struggling and he's not in his rhythm. Because LeBron James can kind of get his points as he needs to and when he needs to, but when Anthony Davis is struggling, it's sometimes he just 
gets out of rhythm, can't get into that rhythm, and is messed up the entire game. Where LeBron James, like, his game is so much about driving to the hoop, getting close to the basket, that it's less... um, It's less about not being able to, like, make buckets for LeBron. Like, it's just... There's something about his game where it's just in in a sense easier for him almost whereas like Anthony Davis he a lot of times he his jump shot is phenomenal most of the time but if he can't get into his rhythm hitting his jump shot then it struggles he struggles a lot more because he's not able to stretch his game where he can play inside and he can he can bang with some big guys down low, but being able to stretch his game out even to the three-point line really opens things up for him so much where it really it forces a guy to come out on him. Um, I mean, even if he's missing shots, he shoots so well that it forces him to... It forces defenders to come out on him, but... Um, When he's not able to stretch the stretch the court for himself, it it just makes it a little harder for him to to make buckets to get it get it get to get going. Um, so I I want, I want to see Anthony Davis start off the next game strong, and the Lakers work around that and use the momentum from that. So I don't I don't expect the Lakers to lose again in the series, especially with how they've been playing the last two games. I expect them to win tonight go up 3-1 and then close out the series so expect the Lakers to not to win the game tonight and keep up their good defense and play and play good offense from beginning to end all right then let's just do a quick look around the league see how things are going in the playoffs for other teams um so the let's start with the teams that have finished off their series the raptors swept the nets 4-0 so they're moved on and then also in the eastern conference the celtics swept the sixers so they moved on so they're actually playing each other next in the next round so they've both swept their teams swept their opponents and are going to face each other in the next round um, the Bucks have been dominated, have been dominating the Magic, so I expect the Magic, or I expect the Bucks to finish off that series and that win that one in five games. Um, and then let's see what else. The Jazz have pretty much been shocking the the NBA. They're up three to one on the Nuggets. They have been Donovan Mitchell's just been, been playing lights out. So remember back a couple episodes when I said that the <laughs> the Jazz didn't think John Donovan, Donovan Mitchell could play like he did, and that the Jazz would or that the Nuggets would close that series out. Well, I was definitely really wrong on that one. So the Jazz the Jazz have uh, been the NBA darlings for the last couple nights. So it'll be fun to see if they can close that one out. Um, 
the Rockets, I think that series is 2-1. to one. I think the Thunder beat the Rockets the other night, so little things a little more in- interesting in that series. And then the Clippers, the, really the big story yesterday was the Clippers lost in overtime to the Mavericks. Um, Luka Doncic hit a game winner to, to win the game by two. So that series is all tied up at two. Um, it's great to see the, the Clippers struggling right now. Um, so many people have been so pro the Clippers and anti-Lakers, really for no, I mean, the Laker, the hate against the Lakers really has been pretty unfounded in my opinion. I think the only, re- the only understandable reason to hate on the Lakers is because of their role players not hitting shots. Um, if that was, if that were the case where the Lakers were still shooting like they shot in game one against the Blazers, then I could understand. I would agree that the Lakers are not a championship contending team. But with how how they've been playing the last two games, they're showing that they're proving that they are definitely a championship contending team. And and I get the Mavericks are a good team. The Mavericks are not a team to to take lightly. Um, And and they're really just proving proving that against the Clippers. Like, if they were... If they were a team that was, you know, not that impressive, then the Clippers would be handling it easily. Um, and, I mean, Kawhi Leonard's playing well. He's scoring, you know, mid to high 30s just about every game. It's really Paul George for the Clippers that's really struggling. Um, really struggling to shoot. No, he's not shooting very well at all. Um, so it'll be really fun to see how that goes. I still think the Clippers will close that one out. Um I, the Clippers need to close that out in, in in six games. They need to win the next two games and just finish it off. If they don't do that, then as a Clippers fan, I'd be pretty worried. Um, not, not. I don't know. I, I guess it really all comes down to how Paul George plays. Like if he's just in a rut and isn't playing well, then then I would be worried. But if he's able to come out in the next two games and play like his normal self then I would be be less worried because the Mavericks are a good team so just because they're a seven seed doesn't mean that it's I mean same thing with the Blazers like they're a good team against the Lakers Lakers could have swept them they should win in five games but they're a good team you know if they stole another game from if they push it to six games I wouldn't be surprised but um Lakers should win in five, and the Clippers need to win. They need to win the next two games because a lot of it, really, a lot of it comes down to like playing a long series in the first round can really can really wear a team out to the point where if they make it to the Western Conference Finals, that it's a bit more difficult. And now they're they might be getting lucky too because if the Jazz close out the Nuggets and advance then they play the winner of Clippers Mavericks. So if the Jazz advance, the Clippers could get lucky in that, like, I mean, the Jazz are playing well, but I wouldn't say they're a good team. So at least compared to, like, the Clippers or the Lakers. Um, 
So I, I would rather, even without bad the Nuggets have been playing against the Jazz, I'd rather play the Jazz than the Nuggets. Um, so the Clippers could be getting lucky in that sense. Um, and that could help if they, even if they push, say the worst case scenario for the Clippers, the Mavericks push it to a seven game series, Clippers win, go on to face the Jazz. I could see them sweeping the Jazz in that series, maybe five games, but like that would kind of make up for the long series against the, um, uh, the Mavericks. So, and then currently it'll be fun, you know, again, as Lakers fans look at the Rockets Thunder series because that's who the Lakers would play next and the second round would be the winner of that series so I think we would definitely rather play the Thunder but how the first two games are going it looks like the Rockets might be running away with it but the Clippers came or the Thunder came back won a game so could things could be getting interesting but we'll see that game their next game is tonight also so um I think the Lakers will be fine against either of those teams, but Thunder would probably be the easier opponent. So definitely will be interesting to see how that pans out. So hopefully uh, Lakers can come out tonight, come out firing, can play a good game from beginning to end, and the Lakers can get that W and go up 3-1. to Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!